Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of This Week in Carding here on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole, as always, episode number 23. It's been quite a while since we uh, did our last event, uh, last uh, podcast here, uh, This Week in Carding, back on May the 7th. Uh, but again, lots to talk about. So we've been doing a bunch of our face-to-face shows, which have been great. Thank you so much for all the uh, the input that you've given us uh, with the new Facebook Live program. A lot of face, a lot of uh, great comments, a lot of great input, a lot of great readers. Uh, thank you so much for following along with that. Let's jump into this program here right now. Today's this week in karting, brought to you by Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the state-of-the-art speed sports racing park just north of Houston, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy offers custom coaching programs for newcomers and experienced racers alike. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866-607-7223. All right, David, uh, May the 7th, the last edition of our This Week in Carding. A lot's going on, and I, I wish this was more us talking about, you know, races and, and stuff that's happened. But, of course, a lot of what we're going to be talking about today, as we always do here the last couple of months, has been about rescheduling, uh, what people are doing in terms of making moves with uh, their calendars. Uh, there is some news, which is good, but for the most part, we're going to give people updates on what's happening in, in, within the sport in terms of scheduling. Well, it, I think it is positive news. I think every day that we've been moving moving away from that March 13th day where where everything was shut down 11 weeks ago, uh, everything's kind of been a little bit more positive, especially in the last month, I would say, because we're seeing carts out on the racetrack. We're seeing races being conducted. We're seeing, you know, obviously uh, karting businesses still operating uh and, and so it's it's been a positive move, and and the the good thing is is we're seeing a lot of this rescheduling because of obviously the the, the COVID nineteen pandemic, but we're seeing a lot of things being put in in certain positions to where you know people aren't are yeah they're going to have to choose between maybe a local race and a and a national or regional race, but a lot of these national or regional races are 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 getting scheduled around so that they're not on top of each other. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have a lot of uh, a lot of weekends where we're gonna see some some major events being back to back to back to back. Uh, but you know, in in this limited time frame that uh, that we're gonna have here for the for the 2020 schedule, I think you know things are in the positive direction. You know, we're we're opening up. You know, restaurants are getting open opening back up. You know, when, when you look at the big picture, I think uh, things are moving in the in the right path. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Pos- positivity definitely starting to move in the right direction, of course, for the sport of karting as well. We're finally getting guys out racing, as you said. Uh, we're getting people burning through tires and fuel and oil and chains, whatever it may be. And that's uh, getting some money, getting back into the industry, which is huge. We do want to thank everyone who potentially jumped up and and supported our, our program, our support karting initiative, bought, the, bought our T-shirt, which, of course, all the pro- proceeds uh, going back to the EKN partners. We thank you so much for that. Uh, David, it's it's interesting because you and I talked about this really from the get-go of this deal that we, we kind of wanted to, to kind of prep everybody to realize that once we do go back racing, as you said, there, there are going to be dates that are going to be on top of each other. And people are going to complain that, hey, you know, you moved your date on top of the date we already had at the start of the season. 
it's going to happen because every schedule, uh, for the most part, a lot of the national programs are trying to do what they can to get their, you know, get their same amount of events in. Supercarts USA, we'll talk about what they were doing. Of course, they're doing a, a back-to-back weekend triple headers to get their six races in. You know, we had Mark Coates and, and Tim Coyan on on a uh, a face-to-face. They're going to get their three races in like they were going to get in. Uh, some guys, you know, maybe some of the bigger series that had four, five, six races, they're going to, sh- you know, push down to four. Uh, club club series are going to sh- are going to shrink down a little bit. You and I talked about that early. Everybody's got to kind of have to give a little bit of leeway, knowing that we are going to be evolving and kind of doing the best we can to get as many races in as we can over the next five, four or five months. Yeah, and we haven't seen a, a negative tone regarding that because I think people understand the circumstances yeah. that all, all you know the sport is under because you know clubs they want to have their their races so one they can they can uh, help you know, bring people back to the racetrack, but also to help build that revenue to not only keep the facility, but, uh, you know, continue on into the future because, you know, as we've seen, you know, thankfully, you know, not, we haven't seen any of this happen in, in the karting industry, but other businesses are shutting down such as restaurants and other smaller, uh, types businesses that, you know, may have had problems going in before the, uh, before the COVID-19 pandemic hit, but, but just the fact that you know carding businesses are are still thriving right now, yeah, and 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 there isn't much negativity towards the sport right now, which is ironically, you know, every <laughs> every year we always see, ah, oh, I can't believe there, you know, there's a lot of negative negativity floating sure. around on social media. Thankfully, there's none of that right That's now fair. on social media for carding. Yeah, it took a pandemic for us to be happy about the carding industry, right? And, and you know what? That's a good thing because we know in a year, a year from now, there's going to be gripes and fights and all the, you know, complaining. Yeah, we're right about back it. at it, right? Right back so, into the same deal. So we have to enjoy it while we have it. You know, <laughs> in a sense, we've we've kind of all band together because you know some, again, some states are open. They're they're on at track. Some states haven't even opened yet. And I and you know I think a lot of the carding community are really you know behind those those people who are in those states who haven't opened up yet, hoping that they, they get their tracks open. And well, that's and funny. So- I, Dave, I was thinking about this. If you're out there right now, let's say this weekend, right? It's, it's, it's May the 29th right now. So let's say this weekend you're going karting. We're going to be playing this on the EKN radio network all weekend. So if you're karting this weekend, you better shut the hell up <laughs> because they're like David, your state, Michigan, no one's racing in Michigan right now. You know, they're, they're just trying to figure out a way to start racing in Illinois. No one's racing in, in California. No one's racing in uh, in New York or New Jersey. So if you're racing right now, be happy because you're lucky because there's a lot. There's lots of carters around North America right now that are dying to go racing. And uh, and they're just not able to do it, which, which is tough. Like you said, right? There's some areas that just aren't open yet. And also the, the fact that some people can't leave. Uh, you know, some people have True. jobs where they're mandated to to not leave their their home or or the city that they live in because they would have to be quarantined for 14 days because of of the way their their job is or the way their employer is uh you know that's set guidelines. So that's another aspect of it too. Uh, not just the fact that you know cart tracks can't even open. Some some people who could who want to go travel just can't even travel or go anywhere. And so there's a lot of factors going in, but uh, you know, as I said, you know, we're, we're slowly moving, moving forward, you know, a lot of positivity around the carding community. You know, we've had the support carding program going and we've gotten a lot of support for that. And a lot of, you know, again, 
it's been, uh, even though the pandemic has been a, a, a bad situation worldwide, I think for the carding community, you know, again, no matter what the circumstances, it kind of brings us back together. Yeah, I agree, David. That, that's totally true. And, and for those of you who are out there right now are in EK and Nation, you, you kind of want to get a feel for what's going on around the sport or whether or not, uh, uh, you know, maybe you travel a little bit and you want to find out what's going on with clubs and series, whatever it may be. David's been working on a, a regularly updated uh, article that we have on eCardi News. We're kind of pushing it out every day, every other day. Uh, we're, we have a full uh, cart track and series status article on the website right now where we're getting input from as many tracks as we possibly can. We've got we've contacted every racetrack in the country. Not all of them have got back to us yet, but we're updating that, David, on a regular basis so people know and we're trying to update it. You know, we may have had a, a, an update a week ago or two weeks ago. We're getting back to the tracks. They're getting back to us. They're telling us what's going on. So, you know, Dave, you can talk about it a little bit. But if you want to know what's going on in the tracks around your region, head to that article on eCardi News. It'll give you the complete update what's going on. Yeah, again, some of it includes just some club event updates. You know, some some tracks had obviously had some some cancellations or postponements. So some tracks are are providing us with updates on their upcoming race, like their 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 first race since COVID nineteen, or or you know some rescheduling because they thought they were going to be open and they weren't open yet. Um, you know some tracks are just now opening up to uh, to uh, limited practicing or testing. So a lot of a lot of different uh, variables and a lot of different areas. Uh, again, tracks that that have been able to contact us or or things that we've seen posted on official. Uh, Facebook or social media yep. uh, statements. Hey, before we go to our, our, our first break, David, I know we don't really have this down to what we're going to talk about today, but I find this super interesting. It's kind of cool. And you, we'll, we'll chat about it because I know you shared it out uh, on our on our Facebook page. Uh, obviously, during this whole COVID-19 shutdown, a lot of pro drivers jumping into the iRacing world. There's been a lot of iRacing stuff. I think a lot of the drivers kind of getting a little tired of it to a certain extent. There's always been a lot of drama <laughs> involved in some of the iRacing deals. Uh, but the cool factor is we're seeing a bunch of racers, pro racers, ex-carters get back on the racetrack. You know, I'm seeing a lot of social media of guys running, you know, pro, pro drivers racing down at, at Homestead. Uh, but Joseph Newgarden getting out at Newcastle Motorsports Park, going back to his roots at the Dismore's uh, facility there in Indiana. That was a, that was a cool bit to, to see Joseph getting back out. Yeah, a very cool uh, video that he, he and his production company produced. Uh, yeah. Uh, again, going back to his roots because Newcastle Motorsports Park was his roots. Uh, you know, that's where he, his karting career began. It's where uh, he raced a lot of times and where we've seen him come back uh, during his his progression up the motorsports ladder to come back and do the Robopong. Uh, it was fitting that he was wearing a Comet kart sales suit. Um, and Connor Daly, who was one of them posted, uh, something on Instagram, one of the Instagram stories while they were, while they were actually there. And I choked around, you know, I said, I asked him, I said, was that, was that uh, new gardens old suit or was that one of Dismore's just hanging around in the shop and, and, and new garden actually covered it in the video. He brought nothing to the racetrack aside from a helmet. So, so obviously, um, you know, he needs to get set up with some carding gear so he can. He can come back to the cart track anytime he wants. Well, David, you know how much of it uh, it burns me. At least he didn't show up in his car racing suit, because you know how much that pisses me off. But when when, got, when when car racers come back and wear their no mix suit when they when, when they jump into a cart, 
that drives me crazy because safety is so so crucial. If you ever flip in a Nomex suit, you're gonna you know it's, it just rips apart and melts into your body. You got to have a you got to have a cart specific suit. I'm glad I'm glad he didn't show up uh, in his uh, in his racing suit. That would have uh, that would have irked me. But I'm glad he was able to get a, get one from Dismore. Well, being it, being, was it, being a Penske dry being a Penske driver, he probably doesn't have access to those. They they're probably kept either in the haulers <laughs> or or at the shop. You know that like they're they're used for only race weekends. So I'm sure true, I, I, I I'm sure he doesn't have a closet full of suits hanging around. That's probably true. Yeah, and, you know, being Joseph Newgard now, they probably get signed and 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 auctioned off for charity, anyways. So, all right, folks, listen, we're getting started here, episode twenty three of this week in carding again. Rob Howden alongside David Cole, May the twenty ninth. Crazy to think that we are almost into June now. It's uh, you know Indianapolis five hundred weekend blew right by us. We should be we should have a bunch. We, we should have already have a couple of screws of pro tour races in the books already. There's just so many events. It should already be done and dusted, and they're not. So we cannot wait to get back racing. Uh, after this break, we're going to come back, and we're going to talk to you a little bit about uh, Supercarts USA and, and the USPKS. We'll start there. Lots to bring you here on this edition of This Week in Carding. The Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is where out-of-the-box ease and outstanding consistency meet to create legendary races. Briggs & Stratton's history in motorsports dates back to when the first engines came off the assembly line in the early 1900s. Their focus on the grassroots level continues to help build generations of racers. Since 2008, the Briggs & Stratton 206 has gained a following that has the engine powering the largest fields in North American karting today. From the club level and track programs to traveling regional series and national events, Briggs & Stratton competition provides the most exciting racing in the sport. Engineered and hand-built exclusively for racing, Every Briggs 206 engine is power-tested and serialized before it goes in the box. Carters can take that engine straight from the box to their cart and be on the podium at the end of the race day. To learn more about the 206 engine and to find a North American dealer near you, head to BriggsRacing.com. Briggs & Stratton Racing, what powers you? In Las Vegas this past November, at the Rock the Real finale and the Scusa Super Nationals, Formula K reigned supreme. Daniel Formal drove his leading-edge motorsports Formula K Evo 3 to wins in the biggest races of the year, proving the outright speed of the Formula K brand. And you can make Formula K your cart in 2020 by contacting your local dealer today. Atlanta Motorsports Park is the importer and distributor of the Formula K line, as well as the race-winning Praga chassis, you can connect with your dealer through the AMP website. The new 2020 Formula K Monster Evo 3 is ready to ride and win, complete with IP Karting's new STRV brake system. Follow in the footsteps of Formal and steer your own Formula K to victory lane. If a Praga is more your style, the Dragon Evo 2 is the perfect choice for single-speed competition. Bolt on your Miami X30, Vortex Rock, or Rotax Max and go out and win. Atlanta Motorsports Park has both Formula K and Praga chassis in stock to support new dealers, and they have previous year models in their inventory available for racers who are looking to get a winning chassis at a discount. Head to atlantamotorsportspark.com slash karting to learn more about Formula K, Praga, and AMP's karting program. 
Welcome back to the ECAN Radio Network. This week in karting, episode number 23, Rob Howden alongside David Cole. Uh, David, we got things got kind of rocking and rolling here right now. Let's jump into the meat of this whole deal. Supercarts USA, uh, you know, you were there. I was in St. Petersburg for the IndyCar race in the middle of May, uh, March rather, when everything kind of, you know, shook down here with the COVID-19 pandemic and uh, shut everything down. We all went home on the Friday. They weren't able to get their winter nationals in the books at NOLA. We were scheduled to go to Salt Lake City for the spring nationals the first week of May. And you had to know that uh, everybody at the Brain Trust down in Temecula, California, were saying, what do we do? to make sure we still have a pro tour. Now, this has really been the national program since 2010. You know, big season for them, great numbers, over huge numbers over the last number of years. Um, I know talking to Tom Kutcher, he and I discussed a little bit about potentially trying to do something still in May at, at, in Salt Lake City. Maybe we'll move it to June. What do we do? But again, you can't, you had everybody come to Newcastle, to NOLA, spend all the money to get there. It couldn't roll the dice and do the same thing. You know, they, they tried to potentially go, but they couldn't get a confirmation from the Utah Motorsports Campus that they would indeed be able to race. So you can't have everybody trek out to Utah uh, and have them there and not be able to run again. So talk a little bit about what they've decided to do. I think it's a great. I, I think it's probably the best case scenario for them. It's definitely going to be a busy month in Indianapolis for us for sure. But uh, Scusa putting something together at Newcastle Motorsports Park. Well, it was pretty much a scenario that everybody thought would be pieced together once once they knew that uh, Utah was going to be out of the picture, uh, especially for its original date, and then and then the the, the latter being uh, what would be probably what next weekend I think was was the tentative uh, rescheduling, and yeah. we saw that wasn't going to happen. Uh, so Supercarts USA announced that they would complete their com- the six rounds of the pro- 2020. Pro Tour, all, all at the Newcastle Motorsports Park, uh, consisting of three rounds in three days for one weekend, and then the final three rounds in a second weekend. So back-to-back weekends, three days of complete racing, six rounds total, all uh, between August 7th, 8th, and 9th for the opening weekend. That's including rounds one, two, and three, and then August 14, 15, and 16 for rounds four, five, and six. Uh, the, the, the one difference will be configurations. They're looking at different configurations between the one weekend and the, the second weekend. So, uh, that's the, that's the status of where the pro tour is going to be completed. Obviously it, it provides, uh, you know, being in summer with the summer nationals, it provides ample opportunity to do this because a lot of the kids are not yet in school. I believe Indiana will start, but again, with the COVID-19, who yeah, knows exactly what, uh, how that will transpire. Uh, you know, maybe it'll still be, uh, schooling from, uh, from home at that point, but, uh, either way, the majority of, uh, of schools are not in session as of yet. So it's, uh, it provides a, you know, the, a great opportunity to, to complete six rounds of racing within, you know, nine days of, of competition, including, you know, some downtime, they're looking at possibly a, a midweek, uh, you know, kind of fun race uh, scenario. Nothing's been announced yet, but uh, we're hearing rumors about that. So we're waiting. Just do a six race in the middle of that. Well, I yeah, I don't know exactly what they're going to be doing, but there there's some talk of something going on between you know the round three and round four. Yeah. Obviously, give everybody Monday a, a little bit of a break, maybe Tuesday, and then uh, I think they're looking at doing on something on Wednesday. 
which would be uh, August twelfth. Uh, so um, again, for, you know, Newcastle. Everybody's been there. Everybody knows what what how everything on you know transpires when you go there. So it's a good place to kind of hunker down for for essentially fourteen days and uh, and get six rounds of racing in, which will be amazing to see. It'll be interesting to see the dynamic going from round one to round three especially as the track, you know, changes with, you know, if we don't get any rain, how much rubber is going to get laid down. Agreed. Totally. And, 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 and it's very, very similar to what NASCAR has done, obviously, right? They're, they're trying to jam races in. So they did a bunch of races at Darlington and all these races at Charlotte moving to Bristol this weekend. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to, I, I, I never really stepped back to think about how the mindset will be going into that weekend. So if you're, if you're a guy like Ryan Norberg, right. And with her also performance group, you're trying to win, yet another championship um it's it this the strategy that will play out over that that uh, that time period because the, the amount david the track's going to change from that first race on friday round one to what will be what what did you just say like nine days later or eight days yeah nine days later round number round number six that track is going to have so much rubber on it it's gonna be crazy yeah and again depending on how the weather unfolds you know because if it rains then we'll, we'll obviously see some uh, a bit of a change, but if it doesn't rain, definitely the amount of rubber that that we've seen laid down in just two days of racing, let alone three days of racing, uh, will be uh, significant. Um, yeah, and you mentioned Norberg. Norberg's won there three times in the last what four years. So, uh, you know, it's a good it's a good track for him. Uh, Brandon Jar's a crack. He's won there three, well, at least once the last three times. So it's a good track for him as well. You know, and then you throw in. You know, you never know who's going to be there for for all these categories, and especially being at Newcastle, you have a lot of. There was a temp, typically a lot of one offs that would always come in, so it, you know the lot. There's going to be a lot of different factors in how this this championship unfolds within two weekends, which will that will that in itself will be uh, interesting to to watch. The one shame is the fact that Mid-Ohio, the IndyCar weekend, is the first weekend. And so I know that a lot of the Road Dandy drivers were thinking about trying to come. Braden Ease wanted to come in and run. Christian Brooks was thinking about coming and running. But, of course, both those drivers in USF 2000 and Indy Pro 2000 this year, so they won't be able to come. I think that that, that two-weekend deal could bring a bunch more drivers that potentially wouldn't have been there, which would be really interesting. Well, but but David, I, think, oh, I think you're still going to get them in the following weekend. Oh, you know, I, I totally the second weekend for so, sure, yeah. So again, as we've seen before in the past, you know, when the summer nationals not have now uh, declared champions, we've seen a lot of one-offs come in and kind of disrupt things a little bit, yeah. uh, especially in Norberg's, I think, second championship when he Don't was... Don't bring uh, that up right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a... That yeah, was it's fun. part of history. We got, you know, it's part of history. I won't say names, but, you know, I'll just say that year, you know, that was, that was a bit interesting. Um, So, yeah, you know, and again, the, the one thing will be the configurations that they, that they select, you know, obviously there's a national track, there's the Ironman track, there's, you know, other, you know, there's, there's the cup carts in North America, uh, Grand Nationals layout that could possibly be used. Um Another event going on this weekend is going in a backwards direction. So there's a lot I of think different. Round two should be just the oval. <laughs> we can just do the, <laughs> or or we just use we just use turns uh, one two do the kid do the kid cart track, 
Do Ooh, the, there you go. Like a like a short track deal. I like yeah. That. So then then you just have the run to I seventy and back, and essentially, <laughs> you know, three left handers. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Throw it out there. Hey, listen, uh, Supercar USA, of course, doing a good job putting this thing together. You know, they're going to try to make this major summer fest kind of thing, festival of speed. I think I heard that come out, but a big move, uh, David. They they bring in a couple of race directors for this year. Uh, which really kind of shakes things up. Over the 20 years I've done this, this is really, really interesting because they're bringing in two two race directors. Uh, it's, it's it's interesting. Now, first of all, let's just talk about who they are because we're talking about uh, one guy with a ton of experience, Bo Barfield, who I've known for 20-plus years, uh, a former race director for Champ Car, for the Road to Indy, for IndyCar, IMSA. America Le Mans series before that. So Bo's got tons of experience. And the next Carter himself came up in carding through Texas. His kind of protege, John Maskey, has been working with Supercarts USA on their uh, video marshalling system for the last number of years. Both guys still working with IMSA. This is this is a pretty good get, I think, for Supercarts USA to bring some, some, serious, uh, some serious experience in uh, for race direction. But David, even the way they're approaching it, something new as well, with the two different race directors, they're going to essentially be the race directors for different categories, which will allow them to, to to officiate a race and then be off for the next race. Yeah, they can be brought back in to help the other race director, but they'll be off for the next race. So they're able to talk to, to racers, families, and kind of deal with the customers uh, afterwards face-to-face and then come back for the next event. That's a really interesting approach. Well, I think that's one of the things that we've noticed, you know, throughout the the, the, the pro tour is that, Time, time is of the essence, and there hasn't been a lot of time to to kind of decompress and and take in what had just happened on the racetrack, because essentially the every weekend schedule has been go 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 go. I, That's I think we know that right now. You're right. Yeah. I think we know that because of you're you're in the announcers booth nonstop. Thankfully, the last year or two, I believe, since they moved to the the pre final final format, they provided a you know, a break for lunch and that, and that's just key too, because we not only it allows you to catch up if something were to happen on the racetrack, but it gives workers breaks, give and gives everybody a chance to kind of decompress and, and, and figure out what, what they just happened. But also the fact that there's not a lot of time to, to sit back and, and debrief or discuss what, you know, had just happened on that race prior to regarding penalties or possible penalties that had happened. So I think this kind of rotation of, you know, one race director in one race director out and then swapping for the next race. So, so that race director has time to not only take in what he saw, but directly go to the racers after they're off racetrack, talk to them, figure out what happened and, and come to a conclusion. I think that's, that's key. That's one of the key elements in, in produce and coming and, 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 building a a race official format or or staff because you you got to have that communication you can't just say here's your penalty be gone you know yeah. not and that it i think that's what that, it is here it is yeah go away and yeah. that's been yeah. one of the one of the biggest i think complaints that we've heard from from racers at supercarts usa is that they get the penalty there there's no way of them not 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 say uh, to debate it, but to at least get an explanation. And I hope that this new rotation for the, the double race director uh, profile helps to inform racers as to what exactly happened, what they saw, and why they're they're being assessed in a, pel- a penalty. 
Well, you know, I think with the video marshalling system, it's it's one of those things that, to be honest, you know, we, we've seen it firsthand, right? We're there. It's 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 incredibly good, incredibly accurate at being giving these these the officials the opportunity to see exactly what happened. But even Joe Janowski talked to us, told, told us at one point that you know he he saw one thing on the video, he saw one thing on the track, and it wasn't it, it's not exactly. He said one point. I saw this on the track. I was sure that this happened. Then I came and saw it on the video and it was different because, because I hadn't, I had to go through that. And I think a lot of people, once they get a chance to see the video or see whatever, man, yeah, you know what, maybe they start believing more and Hey, listen, I can probably give these guys the benefit of the doubt because the video was actually really accurate. And I saw something from where I was watching my son or daughter. Uh, but when I saw the video, man, it was different. Yeah, you're right. You know, he or she made the mistake. And I think that the more opportunities you give people to get a chance to talk to a race director and then see actually on the, on the video marshalling system, it's going to give them more confidence moving forward that the calls that are probably made are correct. And by having these two race directors, it just gives, it gives Scusa so much more opportunity to actually have that face to face with uh, a racer and or their family or mechanic, whatever it may be. And that's, listen, that's, that's going to raise the, the, uh, the, the customer appreciation. The customer experience is going to get raised, I think, uh, because of this. Yeah, it, that, and that's, that's key no matter what program we've been in. And I think we've, we've seen that with, uh, I'll, I'll name another official, Tim Hannon. I think he's been, you know, when video marshalling was brought in, we saw during the Rotax programs, he was one of those, those officials who was really able to to kind of pinpoint and accurately show racers exactly what happened and why they've been penalized and well you and say that yeah keep going I'll, he, I'll come back with something because i just it, the minute you said that it just fly, flashed into my mind keep going. yeah you know he he he's blunt to the point and tells a racer exactly what they did wrong and why they shouldn't do that again and so that uh, hopefully will We'll see a little bit more of that with from from Supercars USA, but again, the the other aspect is the fact that you said Bar- Barfield and and John have a little bit of karting experience, but they're they're not immense. Yeah, yeah, they're not connected really. They're not deep into the karting community, so it's a little bit more of outside uh, perspective now uh, for the race Zero director. Zero conflict of interest. Yeah, well, yeah, again, karting, there's a lot of interest and there's a lot of conflict, but yeah, there's there's a lot less with with these two because they have no connection with any of the race teams, with any of the competitors. So that 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 certainly helps. And that's something that you, you want from officials because you know there's obviously that that uh that type of mentality of the the illusion of conflict of interest. I just I just want to come back really quickly because the minute you brought up Tim Hand it made me laugh because I I think we were I think it was GoPro Motorplex for the for the Rotex Grand Nationals I don't I don't remember what year you can 2013 probably you'll remember that I remember walking in of course I'm announcing the race we're doing the full EK and Trackside Live and I remember walking in I think I was going to the restroom actually and I'm walking in and Tim is sitting there uh, in the you know with with the cameras and everything the video marshaling and he's got a, a racer and a father and a mechanic sitting there. And it, the way that Tim explained, like he's looking at the video and, and Tim was just, he, like you said, he's just so blunt, so straightforward. Well, this happened and this happened and you did this. How can we not call that? And I remember the look on the, on the father's face and the kid's face was like, um, yeah, you're right. And this, the way he presented it was, <laughs> was so perfect. It's, so this guy did this and then you did this. So we had to make this call, right? 
And it was just, it, it, it was so blunt and so perfect. And I remember walking out going, yeah, that's a, that's a teaching moment right there. It was, it was perfect. Tim, Tim's delivery was fantastic. It was amazing. And and that's something that we have in karting because the majority of the competitors now are kids, especially in Supercard USA. So I think that's going to be a key element is providing these teachable moments. Yeah. Hey, this is what you did. This is this is why it's wrong. This is what you should have done, maybe or not even that, but just say, hey, this is wrong. You need to work on not doing this or finding a way to do it so it's not a penalty. <laughs> because if you do X. We have to do Y. Yeah. We didn't do Y because of nothing. Because you did X, we did Y. And that's, and that's the, it was, it was, and Tim's fantastic at that, man. I know that it's, we don't give a lot of glory to the guys that are, are your video marshals and sit down with you. Oh, man, that's, that is the teaching moment at that level. And that, and that teaching moment, the great thing is, it's really interesting. And I'll just cap with this. Bo Barfield, John Maskey worked for IMSA. So there's a lot of carters that go to try to go to the NTT IndyCar series. There's lots of guys that try to go to the WeatherTech IMSA series as well, right? These these are pro race directors that are going to give these young drivers an opportunity to learn. If they do get to the top level, they've already worked with Bo and John in IMSA. That's amazing. It's good because they're really going to get an opportunity to learn from two of the best in the sport. All right, Dave. Let's um, we had Mark Coates. And, uh, and Tim Coyne on a face-to-face uh, earlier this week. Um, and they talked about the, the USPKS. We'll talk about Route 66 as well. But USPKS, if I'm not mistaken, they should be they should have their first two races in the books already as well, right? Uh, first first one and then coming up to uh, June was going to be the second yeah, event sure. of 2020. So everything's shifting again. Great interview with both with Mark uh, and the faceless Tim. Um, but <laughs> our, our reske- the rescheduling Newcastle Road America and Go and GoPro Motorplex, I think they've done a tremendous job as well in in being able to reschedule their program, and, and I think uh, and I think it's going to be a, a lot of fun for the drivers that run USPKS. Yeah, I think they've been able to kind of sit back and and you know we talked to them. They're, they've obviously been concerned because a lot of their racers are are in the Midwest area. And so they're, they're not, some of the tracks that they're, they're planning on going to haven't even uh, been able to be opened yet. Uh, but they have the ability to where they've only had, they only had three events scheduled for the season. First one was obviously canceled because of COVID-19 right away being in Ocala, Florida, uh, essentially two weeks after I think uh, what, what, a, what was a, the uh, winter nationals. So you look at the June race, the June race could have possibly taken place, but there were still a lot of unknowns. And again, as we talked about in our first segment, racers, some racers can't even travel yet. So that there's a, there's a lot of factors going in with that. So thankfully they've been able to, with their, with their season essentially scheduled to end in July, they've been able to take those two events and move them after what would have been the finale into and complete a full three race schedule at three different facilities uh, all within before we get to the November uh, month of November, so so that's been that's been really good for them. They have had had that uh, ability to kind of move things around. Obviously, Ocala is going to be scratched from from the schedule for 2020, uh, but they're going to replace that with what is uh, going to be Road America in September, uh, Labor Day weekend. So uh, the C Tech Manufacturing Motorplex at Road America. Uh, a, a place that the, the facility has never been or the, the series has never been to. 
Uh, and again, I think we, as we talked about in the face to face, hasn't had a, a major event uh, since 2010, 2011. So, so that's a big plus to that. And not to mention beginning the season at where the finale was going to be uh, at Newcastle yeah. Motorsports Park in July 17, 18, and 19. So, folks, we're talking about our face-to-face uh, shows. We've started. Uh, I think what, what was what episode was that, Dave? What number was that? Do you remember? Uh, that was a recent one. So that was episode eleven. <laughs> That's crazy. So we've done eleven Facebook Live shows. Uh, our new face-to-face program. Uh, I just want to let people know that if you haven't seen them, we've done a bunch of great interviews. I had a chance to talk to Alfonso Ribeiro. We talked to Skitchy Barnes and David Barbosa from Bermuda. Uh, we talked to the guys from Margay and the Ignite program. We talked, listen, these are these have been awesome shows, but something we're going to be doing throughout the remainder of the season and moving forward. A lot of these Facebook Live deals, that this face-to-face, you, you can get them on our Facebook page under videos, but you can also get them on our YouTube page as well. So if you hadn't had a chance to watch it, it's kind of, Dave, it was kind of, kind of a move from me doing the, the uh, EK and Live Instagram videos, which only stay around for 24 hours. We're like, we need to keep these. We need to have these things banked. So of course, moving into the uh, the video program, it's it's something that's actually a positive for us. It's come out of the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic shutdown. We've been able to do some new things, and of course, go to the YouTube channel. You'll be able to get all of that, all of that, of course. Uh, but we did talk to to Mark and Tim, as we said. Uh, Newcastle, July 16, 17, 18, 19, Road America Labor Day weekend. Awesome to have another event, a major event at that track because Road America is just a f- fantastic facility, of course, for for road racing. But the car track there. Is at, I, I, it's one of my favorite car tracks. I love it because it's built up on the, on the on the kind of a, the hill coming out of turn six and seven and eight at Road America, coming down to Hurry Downs. It's right there. Uh, awesome place to watch races. A fantastic racetrack. That's going to be Labor Day weekend and October fifteenth to the eighteenth. The GoPro Motorplex to cap things off. Uh, I, I'm glad to see because it really is the national program on the East Coast, David. I'm really glad to see they were able to put three full weekends together. And again, finding the right time to do it. It's not something Scusa could do because they wanted to get things done before the Supernats. They always want to leave at least a month or more out for the Supernats. A lot of other races going on. Scusa had jammed everything into, into August for that big kind of you know nine-day festival they're going to have. But for USPKS to be able to have those three races, I think, was, was really crucial for them. Yeah, I yeah, I think both entities did what they needed to do because obviously if, if Supercarts USA were to go to two other facilities and two other weekends, it would have jam-packed the schedule even more because I, I obviously they knew that other programs were going to have to be rescheduling their programs, such as the USPKS, not to mention all the different regional programs that are out there. And then and then the, obviously the clubs, you know, the clubs are are, are looking to recoup you know, the events they lost and, and try and fit in events to where uh, they they can slice them in to, 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 to try and make sure that uh, their racers have a full season of racing. All right, folks, uh, there's our, our first bit there for you. We're going to go to a quick break and we get back. We're going to talk about the Brickyard. We're going to talk California Rock Championship, Route 66. And we'll also talk about the Cup Carts North America program. Stay with us, folks. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. Carts, parts, engines, tires, and tools. At SharkShifter.com, what you need is just a click away. We carry the biggest names in chassis, like Tony Cart and FA, DR Cart, CRG, and VLR. We have new chassis and all the parts you need. At SharkShifter.com, we also stock top quality replacement parts from Swift Components, like axles, 
sprockets, and hubs. We have the inventory you need for your stock Honda as well. From cylinders, heads, and engine parts, to reeds, exhaust pipes, ignition covers, radiators, air filters, and air boxes. We build our own billet aluminum components as well, including motor mounts and clutch levers. Need to add to your toolbox? We offer alignment tools, brake, battery, and exhaust tools, tire gauges, and hand tools. Stop messing around getting your seat in the right position. We have a seat mounting system that makes it easy. Check the website for monthly specials. If you need it, we can get it to you fast. We ship the same day. Sharkshifter.com, your online source for carts and parts. Vinco Tires is entering its fifth season as the leading cart tire in North America. Manufactured by MG Tires, Avinco is the dedicated brand established for Supercarts USA and International Cart Federation competition. The Avinco tire is available in two compounds. The Avinco Red SKM is the medium compound tire utilized in shifter and tag categories. The Avinco Blue SKH is a harder compound designed for cadet divisions as well as the popular Briggs & Stratton 206 and KA100 categories. Coming soon will be a new homologation for the tire brand. The new Avinco compounds will have increased performance standards and extended durability when they make their debut here in the U.S. Dealers all across North America have Avinco tires in stock today. To be part of the dealer network, call 951-491-0330 or visit avincotires.com to learn more. Avinco, conquer every corner. Welcome back to EKN Radio. Rob Howden alongside David Cole as we uh, jump into episode 23 of This Week in Karting, trying to give you a big kind of update of what's happening in the sport right now. Uh, A lot of the stuff we're talking about is schedules, where things are going. We're going to do that again here. Uh, David, let's talk, you know, about the Battle of the Brickyard. USAC Karting, the event, has become the country's biggest club race. I love that. I love that line because, uh, you know, obviously I was able to go there for the first time last year. You, uh, your second year for yourself, uh, you and I did the lap around the track together, which was an absolute blast. Things kind of moving, of course, the, the schedule with IndyCar. The thing about in, Indianapolis Motor Speedway is the fact that a lot of stuff moving around. Roger Penske, of course, now the new steward of the track, but you knew things were going to be kind of in flux. It was not a surprise to me that they had to move the date a little bit because things obviously moving around. They're going to get going on the July 4th weekend with the Brickyard 400 and the uh, the IndyCar Grand Prix weekend, the road course weekend for the IndyCar drivers. Things were moving. Ferrari Challenge had a race. They moved to a date. So, so, uh, so the Battle of the Brickyard moving to July 30th to the 2nd. When the email came out, you know, I see that I, I see it on my on my Gmail. I'm like, oh, oh no. And I open it up. Oh, free weekend. <laughs> I was, we're still able to go racing. I was super excited. thought it was going to be on top of another weekend, but happy to, happy to know that you and I will be there once again. Well, let's just all be happy that there's going to be a 2020 battle at the Brickyard because you, you know, know what, when you, yeah. when you're dealing with the Indianapolis motor speedway there, could, they could have easily said, you know what, we, we, we have more, more important things to do. But, you know, thankfully, uh, you know, USAC Karting and USAC along with uh, with Doug Bowles, you know, they really have a great relationship of working together over the last, you know, now essentially four years. And and so I, I think they understood that, uh, you know, they're able to, you know, we're able to move around. 
and, and, and work with them. They're, they're able to provide us a certain week on and And this will be actually a lead into what will be a big month in August for the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, because you'll be there a couple weekends or at least one weekend, uh, you know, one weekend, yeah. It's 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 very good. It's going to be a strange month of August. That, that is for sure in Indiana, because, you know, a lot of karting and, and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway hosting the Indianapolis 500 that month. It's going to be strange. And uh, but yeah. but but joyful because we are going to be able to see uh, a 500 lap race around around that that uh, or the 500 mile race around that place. Uh, but yeah, again, battle of the brickyard getting moved back, which is, which, you know, for some people, obviously it provides some scheduling conflicts, but it's just, you know, it's what has to happen. And, and they've already already implemented some, some, uh, COVID-19, uh, stipulations regarding registration. There's going to be no walk-up registration. So everybody's going to have to pre-enter, which closes on July 18, um, lot There'll be a lot more. There's been a lot more information regarding the new paddock. They've moved uh, from the grass area that we uh, that we were accustomed to inside turns three uh, of the oval. Now we're essentially next to the pagoda where the uh, the USAC uh, quarter midgets were uh, or were uh, racing year after year. They're no longer there during that weekend, so we're taking over that area for for our paddock, which should provide us more space. Uh, a better, yeah, better exactly. paved, paved pushing area, so we're not uh, not everybody's pushing over those rocks and stones. Uh, and, and so this year will obviously be a very unique uh, brickyard, to say the least, compared to the previous three. Yeah, USAC came out of the gate quickly uh, when we uh, had the whole shutdown with their. You know, when we go racing, here's the stuff we're going to do. They came out with a really solid plan about, as you said, no walk-up entries. Just a lot of stuff's happening to make sure that, that they were ahead of this. This is what we're going to do, folks. Be ready for this. By the time we get there at the end of July, some of the stuff could get walked back a little bit. But, you know, it's going to be social distancing. It's going to be masks. It's going to be washing your hands. It's going to be hand-washing stations. All that stuff's going to happen. But uh, kudos to, to Mike Burrell and everybody at, at USAC Cardi, he and, and Jason Burgess, for, for putting this entire deal together. Of course, they were on part of our face-to-face a broadcast as well, one of our shows. If you haven't seen that one, that's a great one to watch as well. We had Rick Folks on there too. So head to our YouTube page and watch that interview. It'll kind of bring you up to date. But exciting to, to see that the date was was moved. They're ready to go forward. We're going to go racing again at, at the Battle of the Brickyard. It's quickly become one of the core events, I think, for, for racers around the country. And, and I have to believe there's going to be more guys coming in than, than would have been. You talked about the fact, David, that – uh, you know, a couple weeks later after that, you know, the Scusa program gets rolling. Wouldn't surprise me to see a lot of Californians, people from around the uh, from, from around the country coming in to spend essentially almost a full month in Indiana to be able to race that event. And it, it could be absolutely massive. It was big last year, but it, it could be even bigger. And I think most people, though, David, probably coming in just to get a chance to see me beat you again at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. No, nobody cares about how badly I'm going to beat you this year, but I'll make sure social media stays on top of it. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll give the, the number of splits, how, how badly I beat you in each heat race. And of course the main event uh, on yeah, Sunday, but you know, either way. Um, but, uh, but USAC karting is also working on details regarding the Elkhart Riverwalk Grand Prix, which again is another event scheduled for August. So again, working with a city and a major event like that, where they're, you know, 
a lot of these type events are getting canceled all over the country. So, you know, nothing's been announced yet, but uh, USAC Karting will provide a a bit of an update uh, as we get closer to the month of August for that. So we move west from Indiana to California and actually back a little bit to the east because the California Rock Championship, of course, we had Andy Saisman on our face-to-face as well. Another one if you can go check out on the YouTube channel. Um, Their 2020 opener, David, actually moving from the state of California into Arizona. Uh, Phoenix, uh, the Phoenix Kart Racing Association, uh, one of the clubs that has been rolling for the last number of weeks. They had another club race. Andy Saisman was actually there for that club race to see how they were handling things. I know that the county was pretty happy with the way the club, the PKRA club, handled that event, which was great. That's one thing I'll, I'll push out to everybody. And I know that everybody wants to go back to the racetrack and they want to be high-fiving each other and they want to be, you know, business as usual. Every club that's going right now, that's rolling right now, you are the new model. Uh, And we need to make sure that everybody does everything they possibly can to play by the books, to make sure that your county is absolutely ecstatic with the way you're putting a race on. Because the way our karting clubs and series are rolling now is the way things are going to open up later for every other club. Because we need to be that model of consistency. We need to make sure we're doing everything safety-wise. And I'm, I'm t- you know, we were told that the PKRA did a great job. The county was happy with that. Andy Saisman's going to actually make some even more changes. But, David, a big move for them, of course, to try to get their program rolling. California's pretty much shut down right now. There are guys going out doing a bit of racing, or doing a bit of driving here and there. But they're going to start June the 20th and the 19th and 20th. It's a Friday night and Saturday night show, of course. Pretty warm in the middle of June in Phoenix. So it's going to be a night night show under the lights. Uh, But the California Rock Championship getting rolling in Arizona. I think it's a great call for Andy Saisman to get things rolling. Yeah, as you said, California has been one of those states that has not been able to open up as, as others have. Uh, especially uh, karting tracks. We we know tracks that are, haven't even been open. We know tracks that are testing, but they're not allowed to have official events. So the the status is still unknown for California. So so Andy took the opportunity to to go back to one of his uh, favorite tracks that he uses for for Challenge of the Americas and uh, and visit the Phoenix Kart Racing Association just to get get the California Rock Championship program started. And it's it's gaining a lot of momentum. A lot of people in California are are ready to to make the trek east uh, to Phoenix to uh, to get their season underway. And then again, you know, we, you know, they're looking at July in Sonoma, which is still a possibility. But again, being a, a corporate track such as that, uh, it's still unknown. Uh, the August event is going to be at Santa Maria, which which should go on. Um, as scheduled, uh, they're, they're, they're obviously open right now to members. Uh, they're just waiting for, for the, uh, the gatherings, uh, limitations to open up a little bit more so they can host an official event there. Uh, and then the the series will wrap up in Sonoma in September, uh, prior to the, uh, rock cup USA festival West fest, uh, that will be run the weekend after. Tickets to the Rock the Rio event uh, on the line for all the champions as well. In the uh, in the mini and micro category, they're allowing both the IAMI and the Rock program to come in. So both the the mini Swift, the, the Swift and, and the Rock engine allowed in, in that particular those particular categories. The remaining categories running under the Challenge of the Americas rules. But again, good to see them getting rolling. The regionals, uh, we know that the clubs are getting going in certain areas. Nice to see some of these regional events going. And again. Good call for Andy Saisman to leverage the track at PKRA, uh, uh, you know, a longtime fixture 
uh, on the Challenge of the Americas, so a good place to get things rolling there as well. Uh, David, we talked before the break about the USPKS. We had uh, Mark Coates and Tim Coyne on a face-to-face. They also talked a bit about the Route six, uh, the routes. I'll say Route 66. I would say Route 66, but Route 66 is how, is how Mark Coates say it, says it, so I'm going to call it Route. Um, they've revised their 2020 schedule as well. Uh, they have their dates, four dates locked in, two of the venues, the other two TBA at this point. Yeah, Wisconsin is a, a state that's kind of been opened up a little bit more so than Illinois, where a lot of the Route 66 events were scheduled to take place, including the opener at Mid-State uh, Cart Club. Uh, so they're going to start the season. They've moved uh, what was technically going to be the third event uh, will now be the opener for the 2020 season. They moved it to Road America, the SeaTech Manufacturing Motorplex up there in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. Uh, that's going to be held on July 3rd through the 5th. Um, the Badger Cart Club will host uh, the second event of the season on August 28th through the 30th, with uh, September 25th through the 27th as the third event with a TB, uh, to-be-determined uh, facility, and October 8th through the 11th as the uh, series finale with uh, the location to be announced uh, in the coming weeks. As you can feel, we, there's, that, there's that kind of vibe, not so much a vibe, but the, the trend that's happening right now is the states that are open right now are the ones that are getting races. The ones that aren't opened, that's where people are kind of slotting stuff in for September and October, not surprising at all. Uh, Cup Carts North America revived, uh, revising their 2020 schedule as well. They're going to get rolling on June the 5th to the 7th at 61 Cartway in Del Mar, Iowa. Uh, then they'll move to Newcastle Motorsports Park on the July 4th weekend, July 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Uh, a TB, uh, a to be determined for round number uh, three, and then they're capping things off as well in August at Road America. Good to see Road America, David, getting a bunch of races because, of course, Wisconsin opening up, but a good opportunity for a lot of people to get a chance to go to that particular facility. We talked about it already. Great track, you know, uh, America's National Park of Speed. Road America is just the badass place to go. You got uh, Seedkins, you got Elkhart Lake, you stay in Sheboygan, wherever you want to stay. Just a tremendous place to have a race. Well, as you, you kind of mentioned in the face-to-face, it's a destination. Uh, you know, a lot of the uh, the current carters that we've had, that we that we have in the sport currently, have never been there. So it's a it's a great destination. Plenty, now, with the with the situation of the, our schedule, there's plenty of opportunity to get up there and, and to try the event or the facility out, uh, whether it be four-cycle or two-cycle. So great, uh, great opportunities to, uh, to take in what is a historic facility in North America. Another quick break, folks. We're going to come back and talk about the WKA running their events at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. We'll talk a little bit about Margay Ignite. We'll talk about a little bit of Briggs and Stratton, and we'll cap things off with some news about that Can-Am four-cycle festival that was scheduled to run up in Canada in uh, near Trois-Rivoir uh, in June. We'll talk more about that when we come back. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at franklincart.com, where all our products are just a mouse click away. We ship daily to ensure that you get your order as quickly as possible, and we are constantly adding new products to our online store. We specialize in IME engines, tillet seats, ceramic product line, OTK products, 
Briggs and Stratton engines, and of course, our championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fit your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to Innovative Engine Works by FMS, our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. Looking for that extra edge? Comet Racing Engines is your answer. The engine service program from Comet Kart Sales has been winning from coast to coast at all levels in different forms of the sport. Lead engine builders Mark Harrison and Gary Lawson have decades of karting experience, providing racers the power to reach the top step of the podium. Comet Racing Engines continually perform track and dyno tests to provide their customers with the cutting edge in engine performance. Comet specializes in Yamaha KT100, IAMI Swift, IAMI X30, IAMI Leopard, and Rock engines. Trackside and customer support are the cornerstones of the Comet Racing Engines business, ensuring each and every customer receives personal attention and the help they need to achieve the best results. Engine rentals are available at all the events that Comet attends in 2018, including WKA, SCUSA, USPKS, and the Route 66 Sprint Series. Contact the Comet team today at CometCartsales.com or by calling 317-462-3413. If you're looking to step up your engine program, send it to Comet Racing Engines. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Rob Howard alongside David Cole. This week in karting, episode number 23. It's May the 29th. Thank you for joining us here on the EKN Radio Network. As always, our first content, always jumping on here to the EKN Radio Network. The podcast then, of course, available on uh, on uh, as a podcast on uh, Google and on uh, iTunes as well. Uh, David, big news, of course, uh, in the offseason, the repaving of the track at Charlotte Motor Speedway, that facility hosting some major events in the 90s, the North American Karting Championships for one. Uh, obviously, it was kind of cool. Uh, you know, we were watching the NASCAR races from Charlotte over the last couple of, you know, last couple of the last week. And, you know, with the, with the drone they were using going over top, you can't, it, it doesn't like jump out at you, but you can see the kart track there in turns three and four. We're going to go kart racing there with a bunch of races uh, with WKA in the, in the month of July. Well, yeah, it begins in actually June, uh, as they, uh, have the uh, manufacturer's cup series start there, uh, in June, they have another one that's scheduled in July. That's leading up to the, uh, the rock cup USA, uh, rock fest East, uh, which will be the beginning weekend of, of, uh, August. So, uh, and essentially because it's the Charlotte motor speedway, they want to take uh, the uh, the precautions uh, surrounding the COVID nineteen pandemic as much as possible. And one of the main guidelines for for the events that they're going to be having is that all competitors need to be uh, pre entered to in order to uh, be allowed into the facility. There's going to be no walk up entries whatsoever at the events. Obviously, for the WKA Road Race Series, uh, you know walk up entries are are, are very big part of it so they're asking competitors to only register for one class in advance and then they'll be able to register for more uh once they are trackside but you know obviously 
being in getting allowed into the facility is one of the big uh, um, hurdles that uh, that they're they're trying to limit, uh, making sure that you know, only competitors are allowed. Because again, a lot of it has to deal with with spectators and the term spectators as you know just people coming in to the event. Well, they're they're limiting that as we know throughout the majority of racing that's going on across the country. We see it with NASCAR. They just completed uh, you know the the race last night. No spectators. So essentially, what what the what you know WK is doing for these events there, making sure that the anybody who enters the facility is part of the event. So. That's uh, that's one way of doing it. The ironically, though, the the WK Speedway Dirt Series uh, event that's outside the facility, but still part of it at the the dirt track across the street. They're not mandor, uh, man, mandated to to pre-enter, but it is encouraged. So uh, because it's outside the confines of the sp- of the speedway, they're able to do that. Also, because it's an outdoor uh, entry uh, into the facility where. Um, inside the, the Charlotte Motor Speedway registrations inside. So that has a lot to do with it. So uh, again, all the different events that have been going on, that are going to be going on at Charlotte Motor Speedway, make sure you go to uh, the WKA website and uh, and learn more about how to get yourself entered and be ready to go uh, for those events. David, uh, some news coming out of the Margate Night program. They're making a, a, a minor change uh, to the wheel, the, the the wheels are actually using on that uh, that package. Let's detail that a little bit. Yeah, beginning May seventh, uh, Margay Ignite Karting is transitioning to the True Speed Magnesium Wheel as the standard uh, equipment for all Ignite carts and races that uh, will be going on. So, right now, what they're doing is they're transitioning from the uh, DWT Aluminite wheels and they're they're going to the now in-house manufactured true speed magnesium wheel uh the 130 millimeter uh uh, wheel will be uh spec in the rookie class for both the front and rear tires the 130 will be spec for the front and a 180 millimeter rear on the junior while the senior masters and heavy will have the 130 millimeter fronts with the 212 millimeter rears on those so but again, it's a transition year because competitors are allowed to either use the true speed wheel or the DWT uh, throughout the 2020 season. And Margay is also providing a trade-in on the used WT wheels, uh, providing a $60 credit per set directly through Margay. So again, that transition, 2020 will be a transition. And I assume 2021, it will be true speed as a mandated wheel uh, for the Ignite cart. David, another one of our uh, guests on the face-to-face uh, Facebook Live uh, show was uh, Dan Roach from Briggs & Stratton. Brought him on. Talked about a lot of stuff going on with Briggs. Got a chance to kind of introduce Dan uh, to everyone in the sport. Those of you who may not uh, have met him yet, obviously the uh, the new head of Briggs & Stratton Motorsports. Uh, but one of the big things we talked about was the fact that they had a contest to name the mascot. There's the, the kind of that... Uh, the graphic mascot that they've had for many years to, uh, attached to Briggs. They had a contest. Uh, a t- I love what Dan said, just the amount of people that actually, you know, offered up and entered the contest with different names and different ideas. It was fun to, to talk to them about that, but they ended up with a winner. And let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I believe, I believe the number was 2,600 uh, entry submitted for for the contest which i think lasted just over just over a month before they they relegated it down to the top five the the officials at briggs and stratton along with dan 
selected the top five names that they saw throughout the number of entries, and they they put it up for vote for all the uh, for all the uh, Briggs uh, racers in the community to to submit votes, and I believe they got over a thousand votes uh, during the uh, I think it was five days open uh, for the contest, uh, and the winning name, as you selected, I believe it was my second choice, Briggzilla. Briggzilla. Like uh, Martin Elder of Stoutsville, Ohio, was the winner of the uh, submitted the name and uh, won the uh, Briggs and Stratton 206 engine along with other Briggs racing prizes. Uh, Martin is actually not a racer. He's a grandfather looking to get his son into, into his grandson into karting. So uh, so hopefully this new Briggs and Stratton 206 engine will get him uh, his grandson on the racetrack in one of the many different tracks that, that are running the Briggs 206 package in Ohio. No doubt. <coughs> a couple other uh, names as well. Chomp was one of the names. John D brought that one in. Uh, Anthony J came in with Dino. They were second and third. They got a uh, $206 gift card from Comet Card Sales. Great to see the Dismore stepping up to continue to uh, support Briggs. Chomp and Dino, second and third. Still, Briggzilla was my number one going in. I, I, I like that name. Yeah, Chomp, I think, was kind of my my favorite going in, uh, but Brigzilla was obviously up there as well. You know, I just like the – but I like how it – obviously, it incorporates the Briggs name so that that was kind of a no-brainer, and I think a lot of people that swayed that way. But Chomp just sounds cool. I don't know. <laughs> You're into the Chomp, are you? All right, folks. Uh, we did have – you know, obviously, we're, we're talking a lot about – Races getting rescheduled and and series kind of compacting their their their, their uh, calendars and to try to you know get the remaining months that we have. One race actually actually was on the chopping block, which was which was tough. We were all pretty excited about the Can Am Four Cycle Festival, uh, an event uh, that was set for June the twenty eighth to twenty sixth to twenty eighth. They had hoped to be able to put it on. Uh, the race was set to go at SC Performance Karting Circuit up near Three Rivers in Quebec. It was the the whole concept, of course, a Can Am program. They would work with Greg Jasperson from Cup Carts North America. They were actually going to be uh, awarding some tickets to be able to race, some entries to be able to race at Cup Carts North America. Of course, the CKNA Grand Nationals at Newcastle in October has exploded, as we know. A number of Canadians coming down to run that last year and actually did extremely well. Um, but it was kind of the program was, hey, listen, they got a great race in the U.S. Let's get a great race in Canada going as well at a fantastic facility. They elected, you know, they were, again, it's the end of June. There was a possibility they could have run it. But with the border closed as it is right now between Canada and the U.S., we're hoping to see it open up by the end of June. It's, it's locked down until June the 20, 21st. They really couldn't go ahead and say, listen, we're going to have a Can-Am race, but we can't have any Americans because you can't get across the border. So they've elected to postpone that to 2021, which is fantastic. We're going to be able to see that come back. Uh, just want everybody to make sure. Have a look at that in 2021, folks. We've got the American race. Could have a big Canadian race as well. It'll be good going back and forth. Ideally, that'll come back and it'll be a big event up in Quebec because obviously 206 racing is huge in Canada, big in Ontario, big in Quebec as well. And I think that uh, if we get some Americans to come up and support that race up here in Canada, I think that's going to be just as big as the as the Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals. Yeah, it's 2020 is a tough time to uh, to launch a new event, and you know, thank. <laughs> You know, thankfully, uh, you know they're able to to kind of postpone uh, to to next year, and thankfully, not not invest a lot of uh, time and effort into this year's event. They now they they know what they need to do to to get the event off the ground, 
and uh, they'll use that momentum to uh, to make uh, next year's the the inaugural event uh, a, a solid one. And as you said, you know, getting getting the uh, USA drivers up into Canada to race will will be a crucial part of that and get that uh, that Canada versus USA uh, um, kind of atmosphere going. The rivalry. Yes, right. Hey, listen, listen, that's David Cole versus Rob Howden. Every Canada. day. Every day of the every, week. Every, <laughs> <laughs> every day of the week. It's a Can-Am battle between you and I. I love it. All right, folks, just, one yeah, more we, break. We should just rename the site canambattle.com. <laughs> Can-Am battle. Can-Am carding. That's hilarious. All right, folks, one more break of the action. We'll come back and tell you what we got going on here at ecardinews.com. Stay with us. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. Technology, design, and manufacturing. These components are what make Cart Republic a world champion. The Cart Republic chassis has earned two FIA World Karting Championships. Here in the U.S., the brand has earned multiple victories and championships in senior, junior, and cadet competition. Cartsport North America is the country's importer and distributor for Dino Chiesa's Cart Republic chassis, and as a leader in American karting, they are focused on providing stability for the sport and quality products and service for the community. Whether you'd like to find the Cart Republic dealer closer to you or schedule an arrive-and-drive package with its official North American race team, contact Cartsport North America through their official website cartsportna.com we are republic we are one it was the biggest Briggs and Stratton 206 race of 2019 and you're not going to want to miss the 2020 edition the third running of the Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals welcomed over 280 entries spread over eight Briggs 206 categories for all ages. And this year's finale will surely top 300 entries from the U.S., Canada, and beyond. Be part of history with the Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals 4 are held on October 2nd, 3rd, and 4th at the Newcastle Motorsports Park in Indiana. Another record-breaking entry total is expected with drivers from all over North America set to take part in this year's event. From club competitors to international stars, the fields in each class will be stacked with talent. Gear up for this year's Grand Nationals by following the Champions Cup program from Cup Carts North America. The regional traveling series visits grassroots facilities throughout the Great Lakes and Midwest area. Visit cupcarts.com for more about the Champions Cup program and updates regarding the Grand Nationals 4. Be part of something special. Be part of the Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals. Welcome back to EKN, the radio network and the home of Can-Am Karting. <laughs> David Cole versus Bob Howden. All day, every day, 24-7. You buy the whole seat, you only use the edge. Um, David, we've been, uh, we've been busting our asses here at eCardi News. The crazy thing is, is that, uh, you know, they call it a COVID-19 pandemic shutdown. The last thing we have been to shut down, we've been locked down. We haven't been able to go anywhere, but man, we have been busting it. It's been, uh, it's been great. Of course, we did a whole bunch of IG live interviews, talked to a lot of people, transitioned that into our new Facebook live program and, and YouTube program with our face-to-face shows. 
cranking out a bunch of editorial, cranking out podcasts. Of course, we've been able to turn the face-to-face interviews into podcasts as well, which has been really cool. A lot of people consuming the content that way in, in podcasts while they're working out, whatever it may be. But man, dude, we, we've been we've been knocking out a bunch of stuff. Let, let's kind of just you know wrap up the show here and talk about all the stuff that's that's been coming out. People that maybe haven't seen what we've got going. Um, you know, maybe you just listen to the podcast, maybe just watch face to face or just look at the website or follow us on social media. We've put a lot of content out. So there's a lot out there to consume if you're still looking for more stuff. Yes. Uh, the, the, the road, let's start with editorial. Um, yeah. we did, uh, Blake Hunt provided us a road to the top step, uh, featuring Hannah Greenemeyer of, uh, uh Rollison performance group. Blake kind of got into uh, her early days in the karting world and how she made that progression from from not only club to regional but regional to national, and uh, and how she's developed as a as a driver and uh, one of the top uh, senior drivers in the country today. Uh, we I also uh, penned a Rotax Grand Finals article, the Olympics of That's karting, kind of yeah. looking at uh, the history of the Rotax Grand Finals, which held has been held 20 years now this going into the 21st edition uh, this year. And, but this year we will feature the 20th edition of team USA with uh, USA drivers uh, going to uh, the, the, what is considered the Olympics of carding where carters from all over the world gather to, uh, to claim uh, the Rotax title. As I said earlier in the podcast, all of the content that we knock out in terms of podcast-wise comes here on the EKN Radio Network first, but that's kind of made a little bit of a transition. I mentioned the fact that our face-to-face shows that we're doing now on Facebook and then, of course, uploading to YouTube as well, that's kind of changing things. We're having those live on Facebook and YouTube, and then we're repurposing it, turning it into, into podcasts as well. So a bunch of podcasts now available. If you haven't downloaded everything, from iTunes or Google Play, you can do that. And of course, subscribe for sure. Leave us a leave us a review. We would love that. Uh, but yeah, if you haven't done that yet, make sure you download the ECAN Radio Network app to your mobile phone. 24-7 carding content, uh, constantly playing. You download that to your phone. Click, uh, click on the EKN uh, Radio Network app right on your phone. You're listening to all our content. But of course, if you subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, all that podcast uh, get, gets downloaded to your mobile device as well. Uh, we have, of course, the last edition of This Week in Carding, episode 22 from May the 7th. That's available online. We'll have this one available soon. And then we have a bunch of our face-to-faces that are now available as well. All of them now available. Uh, we talked to um, the guys from Will Power Cart. We had Will Power on with us, um, uh, along with Billy Vincent. That was an interesting uh, an interesting interview for sure. Will was a, a ton of fun to have on. I spoke with Alfonso Ribeiro. David, it was interesting <clears throat> because we talk all, all the time about the fact that we have so much turnover in the sport. We have a lot of people that have come in for, you know, four or five years, whatever it may be, and then move on. New people coming into the sport. We had a ton of feedback on the interview with Alfonso Ribeiro because nobody had any idea that Alfonso spent four years in the sport, was actually the very top level of Scusa Racing. They had no idea he raced at all. Well, it was that short term. Uh, we're talking, what, I believe three to four years that he was in the sport. And, and, and again, it was before the majority of, you know, the competitors that we cover were even born. Uh, you know, again, a lot, my son, who's, who's going to be 13, wasn't even born yet, you know, recognizes him as the America's funniest home videos host. And, you know, and, and we, we obviously know him from other shows and, and, and movies that he's done. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's a different type of generation. So yeah, it was a great way to, to kind of, uh, in, introduce him to this generation of carding uh, because, you know, 
there's a lot of people that have been in carts before that we just, you know, some people just don't know about. And thankfully, you know, you, you were there firsthand, got to, got to be with Alfonso during that time and, and kind of see his, his rise from, from a, from a newbie, as the kids would say today to, uh, to a top, one of the top level drivers in the country. Yeah, he he won essentially what was the second biggest S two race of the year. You know that, that semi pro level scusi. He won the world finals at Oklahoma <coughs> the Oklahoma Motorsports Complex. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, that was he stopped racing after two thousand uh, after two thousand. So you think about it, David. If you were to look at the lineup <laughs> of a of a Supercar USA Pro Tour race, how many drivers are nineteen years of age and, un, and under? Vast majority. Well, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the entire Scusa Pro Tour. Wasn't even, even born, yet. born yet. So Isn't that crazy. Yeah. That's well, and like Bonner Moulton was just getting into the master's age, right? He was <laughs> Bonner <laughs> Moulton was starting master's racing. <laughs> Actually, but, he was not. But he was, he was on the podium in, at the Super Nats probably that year, right? Probably was. He probably was. No doubt about it. Uh, <clears throat> other uh, of our face-to-faces that are available now is an EKN podcast. Dan Roach, as we said, from Briggs & Stratton's available. We talked to Justin Stefani from J3 Competition, Steve Chapman from BRP Rotax about race Rotax. We talked to Skitchy Barnes and David Barbosa from Bermuda about the Bermuda Karting Club. We <laughs> talked a lot about the fact that if you're looking to do a karting vacation with your significant other, Go to Bermuda because they've got the cart track right by the airport. And the sketchy's talked about the beach is right there. So you can be racing on the cart track, do a rental, do a, a CRG rental from David Barbosa. The significant other, I say significant other because maybe the, maybe the wife's racing and the dude's on the beach, whatever it may be, but the beach is right there. We, well, you know, we got to do it. We got to take our battle. Bermuda. You know, we've, t- we've talked about karting destination. This is more than a destination. Like you said, it's a vacation. It's a karting vacation because you're able to enjoy, you know, it, it's just like kind of how the California's California carters, they would always go over to Hawaii and race, you know, it's, Hawaii, it's, yeah, a, Maui. it's a, it's a very similar situation compared to that, except this time you don't have to ship your cart over with, with the CRG, uh, Bermuda rental cart program. You just go there, bring your gear. And then hop in the cart and go. So, and I'll tell you, I went there a couple of years ago for the dock side, uh, the dockyard Grand Prix. I had a chance to race. Sketchy set me up with a cart, and 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 people in the, that group got a cart for me. I, I ran an old GP chassis. Somebody gave me a, a two hundred six to run. I was able to announce the race. I'm telling you this right now. The community, the people, of the Bermuda Cart Club, the best. Man, we had I had such a good time, David. We're gonna we're gonna try to figure out a way to go to get there to race, take take the wives because man, it was such an amazing event. I loved it. And so make make if you haven't listened to that one, uh, again, it's it's you can it's on Facebook, our Facebook videos. It's on YouTube, and you can also download it uh, as an ECAN podcast. Make sure you listen to that one because it was a great interview. And I'm telling you, if you want to have some fun, go to Bermuda. This year or next year, whatever it may be, you'll enjoy it. And then again, we also talked to Andy Saisman, talked about the California Rock Championship. We gave you the update on what's what's happening with the race in June at uh, at uh, PKRA. But always great to talk to Andy, right? Because he's just there's so much insight into the sport. The way Andy Andy's viewpoint of the sport, I think, is really it's it's one I think people need to kind of pick up and take because he's just so straightforward with it. And just another great interview. A for amazing. I mean, Andy is amazing, just like Bermuda is, I guess. You know, 
Ecan Radio Network, uh, lots going on, folks. Of course, this particular edition of This Weekend Carding will, play, will be playing all weekend long. David's going to knock out the face-to-face that we had with Mark Coates and Tim Coyan talking about the USPKS and the Route 66 Sprint Series. We're doing a bunch, of, a bunch of rewinds as well, which has been awesome. David's going back and grabbing some old EKN Trackside live broadcasts. If you have a race that we've done as an EKN Trackside live broadcast that we still have in the archive, send us in a request. What do you want to hear? Do you want to hear a Rock Island? Do you want to hear old Supernats? Whatever it may be, let us know. We'll get that put up there as well. Coming soon, we're going to do a happy hour with Howden again. That was one of the things we did back in the day, in the, in the, in the late 2000s, mid to late 2000s. We weren't going live, but David, we would uh, we would set up at the track. We would set up potentially at a hotel. We'd come back from the racetrack, and we'd we'd all kind of crack a couple of cold ones and make a cocktail, make a rum and Bacardi and Coke for you. And and we had a lot of guests on. We would, and again, it was something we would record. Then you would up, upload to our FTP site. Then we'd have it on the old EKN. It was a lot of fun. So we're going to try to revive that for face to face. Get that going. We're, we we talked about bringing some of the, the, you know, the carding photographers on and getting a chance to trash talk them a little bit, talk about doing some, a couple of industry, in, industry roundtables coming up as well. But the, the happy hour with Howden is going to be maybe a Thursday or Friday night kind of thing where we're going to have some fun. Should be good. That's coming up soon on the ECAN Radio Network as well, as well as our face-to-face. Uh, but we, lots still more coming. we got more columns coming. We got some pro, I'm working on a couple of profile, driver profiles coming as well. Dude, just a lot of stuff still happening here. Uh, Maybe the sport's not it's just starting to go again, but the last two months, we've been on the throttle 100%. No doubt about that. Well, it it doesn't help that we worked from home before all this. So, right, so the work, nothing has really changed for us other than certain atmospheres and, and a little more noise uh, upstairs or, or in the other room for you as well. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been uh, nonstop the last 11 weeks, as we as we pointed out. Uh, at the beginning of the show, and and we're really looking forward to uh, to getting trackside. I know I am. I'm going to be trying to sneak away here to just go to a racetrack anywhere, uh, and, and I think you're in the same boat as well. Yeah, I know things have just kind of opened up here in in, uh, in Ontario. A lot of the tracks are having practice for members. Uh, I've been in touch with uh, with Trevor Wickens, a, a track about a half an hour from me here in Hamilton hoping to get over and get some seat time. I, just, I don't care what I get into. I told him, I got, you can have a 20-year-old a, a go-kart. Just let me jump in it and do some laps. I just I just need to get some laps because obviously karting is a passion for David, for, for you and I, lifelong for you. Uh, I kind of, I picked it up in, in 86. I think I was about 18 at that point. I, I ran a half a year and then 1995, I jumped right into it. It was it was me trying to figure out where I could get in and do a life of karting or, or racing. And I finally found it in 1995, and man, everything changed from there. 25 years on, we, we're still doing it, and and we don't get. I always laugh, David, because it's like a golf pro, right? Uh, I love golf. I'm going to become an instructor because I'll be able to play golf a lot. <laughs> no, when I I remember when I started Shifter Card Illustrated, I'm like, man, I'm going to start my own magazine. I'm going to get a chance to race a lot. No, that didn't happen. I started announcing races, and we don't race near as much as we probably should for being in what being in the sport that we are. But when we do get a chance to get behind the wheel, I think we savor it probably more than most. I, I savor it every time. Uh, you know, again, when you, you you put the helmet on, it kind of shuts uh, the whole rest of the world out. And uh, you know, kind of what we talked about uh, during the beginning of this pandemic. Uh, there's there's nothing like, especially. You know, I've, it's been since October for both of us. So, uh, 
we're, we're getting close to almost a year and that's kind of the sad part. But once you, once you put that helmet back on, uh, there's no other feeling like it. Yeah. I didn't race at all in 2018. It was the first year in 20 that I hadn't, or 23 that I hadn't actually raced anything. So I made sure I changed that last year, got a handful of races in and we're going to do the same thing this year, even though our season is going to be cut in half, uh, David, I'm going to make sure you're behind the wheel as much as you possibly can. I've got at least four races lined up. We're going to do a lot of racing. We're going to do some more testing as well. We're going to do whatever we can to get back to the racetrack. Because I know, folks, all of you feel the same way when you get out to the racetrack. That's why we do this. You get away from work. You get to the track. That's where your family is. And that's one of the things we can't wait to get back with our karting family. We look forward to it for sure. And again, big thank you to the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy, the uh, the presenting sponsor of this particular edition of This Week in Karting. That's going to wrap things up here on the EK and Radio Network. Folks, as we said, lots of content still coming. If you haven't downloaded the EK and Radio Network app to your mobile device. Do that today. Pretty easy to download it. Obviously, all of our content 24-7, just one tap away. Uh, make sure you do that for sure. And of course, all of our content eventually becoming podcasts as well on iTunes and Google Play. On behalf of David Cole, folks, my name is Rob Haddon. We are done for episode number 23 of This Week in Carding. Thanks for joining us. Uh, stay tuned, folks. Lots more to come here on the EK and Radio Network.